What is going on, beautiful people of the world? My name is Garrett Wolf, and I am the host of the number one podcast for people who are trying to go from saggy flabs to six-pack abs. I've built my body over the last eight years, and in the last three years, I've helped hundreds of online clients shred unwanted fat and embody the best version of themselves. Now, let's jump right into today's show. What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Alpha Movement Podcast. This is the number one show for people who are trying to go from saggy flabs to six-pack abs, all without giving up the most enjoyable aspects of their life. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about how your mentality dictates your reality, all right? So you guys already know the deal. If at any point during this episode you enjoy what I have to say or you take any value from this podcast, then please screenshot my face. Share it to your Instagram stories, tag me at underscore Garrett Wolf, and I will reshare it to my story and send you a free gift. Other than that, guys, today we're talking about how your mentality dictates your reality. And there's a few things that sparked this uh, this concept in my head, why I wanted to talk about it today. There's obviously multiple ways you can kind of say this same thing. Your mentality dictates your reality, right? Where focus goes, energy flows. Your frequency is what you frequently see. There's tons of different ways to say this same concept, but I didn't know until recently that this is actually a studied science in the medical field, and it's um it's a very nuanced new age science, meaning we don't know a whole lot about it. We understand that it works. We don't know why it works, um, but we do know that it works, and we do know that it produces some very incredible kind of miraculous results and it solves problems that seemingly cannot be solved by other scientific methods such as you know drugs and treatment and so this is something that's incredibly interesting I want to tell you guys what kind of sparked my initial interest in this um, topic in the first place so I'm going to dial back to about two weeks ago. I was on a family phone call. So every week, me and my family on Tuesdays at around 6.30 p.m. EST, we have a family phone call with me, my younger brother, my older brother, my older sister, and my mom. So it's all five of us chilling on a Discord call. We have a Discord family channel call that we hop into um, once a week, like I said, and then we just kind of shoot the shit, converse, kind of just see where everyone's at. You know, we like to keep in touch because we all live in different states at this point. Um, obviously, we grew up together and now we all live in different states. So we like to keep in touch. I think it's pretty cool. It's actually pretty nice. I think a lot of families should do um, this more often. But here's the thing about that call is I am basically the only child in my family that has this miraculous, optimistic almost delusional mindset. And I'm fully aware that it's completely optimistic and halfway delusional. And I think optimism kind of skateboards rails on the lining of not delusion, but what's the word that I'm looking for? It kind of scales on the line of being psychotic a little bit, being like a little bit of a psycho. It's like delusional self-belief, delusional mindset, but it's something that has served me so many times over and over and over again in my life and all my other siblings and my mom included have this more almost pessimistic kind of sad outlook on life. They're kind of negative, more pessimistic. And so whenever I join these family calls, it seems like every single time over and over and over again, I'm just being kind of pulled down and I don't, you know, obviously I love them and I love going in these calls and I love talking to them and catching up with them, but it feels like when I go in there that I'm kind of vibrating at a high, high frequency throughout my entire day. And then when I join these calls, it feels like I'm kind of being dragged down. It really does. And so this 
is kind of what I experienced two weeks ago when I joined this family call because my sister was complaining about all these problems, talking about all this shit. My brother was complaining about all these problems. My older brother, my younger brother, he doesn't really complain too much. And I know he's watching this, so he doesn't really complain too much. It's not so much him. He, I actually think I'm rubbing off on him a lot, whether he likes to um, admit it or not. But that's kind of the older brother structure, right? My older brother didn't do that for me, but he rubbed off a little bit on our older sister. And so now I'm rubbing off a little bit on my younger brother. And I'm, I'm really like kind of a, a decent influence for him, I like to believe because, you know, getting a little bit deeper than I was going to into our story, but our parents got divorced when I was around 14. So he was around 12. Um, and that's when our father figure kind of left the household, right? And we didn't really see him all that much. We tried to do the once every other week thing, but we were addicted to video games and we would rather play video games than go see him every other week. So we kind of lacked that father figure, someone to just kind of push you over the edge and make you do shit that a man needs to get done, right? That's besides the point. Getting back to the family call and this pessimistic mindset bullshit that I have to endure every time I hop on these family calls. My sister and my brother, they were just complaining about all this stuff, right? And in particular, my sister was complaining about this problem that she's been experiencing for a long time. So she experiences um, something along the lines of sleep apnea, which means she basically never gets any REM sleep. She wakes up like a million times throughout the night. As far as I believe, as far as I know, this is like the information she's kind of told me. She wakes up a million times throughout the night. She has some sort of sleep apnea where her airway is too small. This is what she says at least, right? And we're going to get into what I actually think in a second here. But her airway is too small. So she wakes up. She like chokes on her own breath because she can't get enough air in throughout the night. She kind of wakes up and um, a bunch of times and never really gets into into REM sleep. So she's always kind of in a light state of sleep, meaning, you know, any kind of environmental interruption can wake her up throughout the night. And this really, obviously, you can see how this would throw off your life. REM sleep is one of the most important aspects of someone's life. I actually saw a study yesterday that showed um, in terms of muscle protein synthesis, muscle gains, REM sleep or getting good nights of sleep can be as effective as taking anabolic steroids. So if you guys want to get gains, you know, just as many gains or just as much gains, you want to pack on as much muscle as you can by taking steroids, all you have to do is just improve your sleep, just get better REM sleep. So this is something to keep in mind. It's absolutely crazy, but not in terms of muscle gain, in terms of just neurological function, being able to think throughout the day, being calm, not being anxious, not being depressed. You need REM sleep, right? You need deep REM sleep. And my sister, she never gets this, right? She never gets this. And she's been to so many experts. She's been to all these experts, um, sleep experts, you know, neurological experts, psychiatrists, all these people to try to help her get better REM sleep. And nothing has worked. She's been on you know, lists and lists of different medications. It's actually fucking crazy the amount of medication she's been on. She's tried. No sleep medicine helps her nothing seems to get the job done, right? So it can't like you can't fix the problem. So that's what my sister was complaining about. My older brother, he was complaining about some work shit. Honestly, he always just kind of talks about work, forgets about it. He's kind of the nine to five worker. He is a manager at Five Guys Burgers and Fries, which is pretty cool. Love that restaurant. And he also works at Best Buy, right? So he works two jobs. I don't know the hours exactly, but it's like a nine to five, right? And then he works like pretty much every day of the week. So complete opposite of me. I'm the entrepreneur CEO. He's the nine to five. I'm the optimistic guy. He's the pessimistic guy. My sister, she's going to grad. She actually already went to grad school. Now she's being a forensic scientist. I think she's trying to work for the FBI ultimately to get some cool benefits. Again, complete opposite of me. And my younger brother, he's in college. He's doing his thing, trying to figure out where he's going to go. So 
Um, that's what my sister was complaining about. That's what my brother was complaining about, my older brother. And then my mom, she was complaining about structural problems with her bones. So, so she says that she has genetic structural problems with her bones. And this is different from, you know, something like arthritis where you're overusing your bones, where you're overusing your joints, you're overusing your phalanges, right? And that's how you get chronic systematic inflammation. This is not what she was talking about. She was talking about how her family has a genetic disposition where there's a structural imbalance in your knees and your ankles, making it so you have this chronic inflammation and chronic pain and you can't really flex your knees or move your knees or ankles around like you're supposed to be able to. And I obviously hopped in and I was like, yo, that is a complete and total absolute fucking bullshit, absolute garbage. There is no such thing that I have ever heard of, of a structural genetic imbalance like that. There's no such thing. And if there is, first of all, your body does not spawn into this world dysfunctionally like that, just out of, out of nowhere. Obviously, there are dysfunctions, right? We're not talking about that. But this random creation of a chronic dysfunction, if it were true, every single one of her kids would have that structural imbalance. And guess what? None of us have that structural imbalance. So I know completely 100% that this is bullshit. It makes absolutely no sense. It is not genetically determined. And so I came in there being the movement science guy. I was like, you know, if you actually just kind of practice some knee over toe, practice some ankle mobility, fix your imbalances, you probably would be able to bend and move and curve and swerve in these different directions that you want to be able to move in. And you would actually regain control inside of that modality, inside of that function. If you worked on it, right? I had terrible knee over toe and shit ankle mobility for the longest time. If you guys remember, if you've been following my YouTube and my Instagram for a long time, we went through about a six month to a two year long period of doing stretches every single day, knee over toe with bands, you know, putting the band on top of your ankle, stretching it out, making sure you're not flexing that tibialis, um, doing some ankle, obviously circles, knee over toe over and over again, deep, deep squats with the knee over toe, spreading your knees out, putting a band between your knees and really focusing on pressing outward instead of letting them cave in. These kinds of exercises can fix this um, mobility dysfunction. And so this is what I was telling her. And she's like, no, no, structural imbalance. It's, it's, there's nothing I can do. I have chronic pain. And she also has chronic back pain. And I, I obviously believe it's caused by the ankle mobility and the knee dysfunction. Because if you ever look at the structure of a human, the anatomy of a person, everything starts from the bottom up. If you have bad ankle mobility, you're going to have bad knees. If your knees get too bad, you're going to have bad hips. If your hips get bad enough, you're going to have back pain. If your back pain gets bad enough, you're going to have neck pain. These are going to give you headaches. This is what's going to happen. If you have these imbalances and chronic dysfunctions, that's why it's so important to work on mobility training and make sure you're not just strong and lean and, and athletic, but you're actually functional. You can move through different planes of motion. It's not just important to, you know, get shredded and be all muscular and jacked. It's also important to be able to move, to be able to squat down when you're 60, to not have to put a knee on the ground, to put an extra hand on the ground, to be able to lean down and actually grab something. I want to be able to move around in all planes of motion until I'm at least 70, 80 years old. Let's go for 80. Honestly, the higher, the better 80, 90, hundred years old. Wouldn't it be crazy if I was a hundred years old and I could lean over and pick up something on my own. There are like 70 year olds nowadays that need other people that need nurses to clean them like with a sponge in the bath and need them to wipe their ass because they can't lift up properly, right? This is this is not 
going to be me at the end of the day. But we're veering off track a little bit. We're talking about what they were complaining about. So they were all complaining, right? They were all complaining. And back to Pascal's story, my sister. So that's her name. I don't think I mentioned that. Back to Pascal's story, my sister, my older sister, she has this sleep apnea problem, right? And so she's had this chronic problem her whole life. And she's been to all these experts and she cannot figure out what the issue is. And this leads me into my story, which leads me into why I'm talking about how your mentality dictates your reality. Because I actually had a problem of my own. I've had something called, well, there's not really a name for it. And I actually think I was misdiagnosed, but something I was diagnosed with is something called type three pelvic floor dyspnea, which means just dysfunction of pelvic floor muscles. This is what they told me I had for the longest time. I completely disagree with the diagnosis at this point, um, due to my own study and due to my own foundings. And at this point, I've pretty much conquered it a hundred percent on my own. So I'm going to get into that in a second, but kind of correlating it, tying it back into my sister's story is she's got this chronic problem, right? And I've had this chronic problem my whole life. The symptoms I basically feel my whole life is just chronic pelvic pain. It's in the lower left quadrant of my pelvis, or at least it was. It's not anymore because I basically beat it all on my own. And I'm going to tell you guys how I beat it here in a second. But I basically had chronic pelvic pain in the left quadrant of my pelvis. I had it all day. It caused problems like urgency, anxiety, panic, all kinds of shit. My life basically revolved around it. And this leads me into your mentality dictates your reality. So if you trace this shit all the way back, because this is the story I told on the family call to try to explain this to my sister, right? I was trying to explain how I solved my problem and how it might be able to help her. So I trailed my problem all the way back to about fifth grade where I was in elementary school. And I was kind of just doing my thing in the bathroom, whatever. And I got traumatized because a teacher came in knocking on the door, thinking that I was messing around in the bathroom because I was in there for like 15, 20 minutes, whatever. And that was honestly, that was just due to my diet. I had a poor diet. I had a shit diet. Like so many young kids these days, I was eating garbage. I was eating crap. And that made my digestive system terrible. It just made it awful. I had no fiber. I had no vegetables. I had no water. It was awful. I was eating fucking cookies and pizza and, and, and mac and cheese and brownies. And my shit was all backed up. And I was just took me a while in the bathroom. So that's what caused that. But then when she came in, this teacher, boom, 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 knocking on the door like, yo, what are you doing? You're messing around. You're messing around. This traumatized the fuck out of me. Mind you, I think it traumatized me so bad because she was a female teacher. She was a woman and I was in the boys bathroom. I thought that was a safe zone and, you know, woman free. And she literally walks in and she's like, fucking trying to figure out what I'm doing in there. It's like, what the hell are you doing in the men's bathroom? Get the fuck out. I wish I could talk to her now. Fucking bitch traumatized me for my whole life. Anyway, besides the point. So you trail it, right? You trail it. Then we go into middle school. More problem occurs, more problem occurs, whatever. I start messing around. I start believing that I am actually messing around in the bathroom. And so this kind of leads me into a dark path of actually messing around. I kind of just walk the hallways. Then I sit in the bathroom. I kind of take my time because I hated school anyway. So it like started piling and piling on top of each other, these different things. Eventually, I started getting things like Saturday schools, detentions. They would get me all in trouble for all this shit because I was kind of messing around. I kind of wasn't messing around. And then you know, I would get in trouble with the principal, they'd call my parents, whatever, 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 it would staircase deeper and deeper and deeper. And then into high school, I can remember completely identifying with this problem. 
you know, we skip a little bit into high school and we figure out that, you know, I might have an issue. I'm like, I might have a problem because I'm in the bathroom all the time. I can't, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in there all the time. Me, mind you, my diet was complete shit. I didn't have my diet in check. I wasn't eating any fiber. I wasn't eating any vegetables. I wasn't drinking enough water whatsoever. I didn't even have the base level of getting a proper digestive system balance in the first place. So it was all fucked up, right? And then into high school, I kept messing around, kept messing around. Eventually, I got this thing that allowed me, I forget what it's called. It's like a 451 code, whatever the fuck. I got this thing to where I was allowed to leave class whenever I wanted to, to go to the bathroom because I had this medical problem, right? I had this medical issue. And so, sorry, I skipped a little bit. I got some testing done, right? Some extensive testing, which um, maybe I'll get into the testing one day, but I, I don't want to get into what it was right now, but just know it was invasive as fuck. It was incredibly painful and it was extremely traumatizing. Okay. You can imagine what happened. I was a young man and they violated me, right? Listen, like they, they, they fucked me up. All right. You can imagine what happened. You can imagine the things that they did to me. It was, it was crazy. The things that they did to me. And after these tests, they concluded that I had this issue, right? That I had this pelvic floor dysnergia, which means, you know, dysfunction of the pelvic floor muscles. So we're getting pretty deep into my story here. I hope you guys are following along. I know I'm jumping all over the place. I'm, I'm trying to get better at my storytelling. I apologize. Try to keep up with me here. So at this point, we're in high school. You can see how my story progresses, right? The progression of my story, but I never fixed my diet. I never fixed my water. I never balanced out my digestive system whatsoever. Everything was all kinds of fucked up. And now at this point, I'm identifying with my problem, right? They diagnosed me with type 3 pelvic floor dysnergia. Now I believe wholeheartedly inside and out that I have an issue. I have a problem. Something is wrong with me and that I need to solve it. Right. So I get this 451, whatever the fuck, and I'm allowed to leave class whenever I want. You can imagine me, somebody who hates school, hates education in high school, being given this golden ticket that literally says I can leave class whenever I want to go to the bathroom and kind of just chill there because they're not allowed to tell me how long I'm in there at this point. Um, or they're not allowed to get mad at me for how long I'm in there at this point. And, you know, in middle school, they would punish me all the time by giving me Saturday schools, detentions, yelling at me all the time. And now I'm kind of scot-free. Now I can do whatever I want. I've been given a 451, a golden ticket to leave class, sit in the bathroom and chill and do whatever I want. Right. So this snowballed into some just more and more bullshit and more and more identifying with the problem. So now at this point, I fully wholeheartedly believe I have an issue. Mind you, I have complete chronic pain all day long. And this wasn't just light chronic pain. This was very, very, very real chronic pain. Like the type of pain where it's like on the pain scale of one to 10, it's like a six or a seven pain all day long, constantly chronic. So I believe, I did believe I had a problem. It wasn't just that I wanted to leave class. It wasn't just that I hated school and wanted to leave my classroom. It's like I had an issue and I was like, I don't want to be here when this issue comes along. So I'm going to leave my classroom and I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm just going to chill there in case this problem comes up and like sneak attacks me. Right? So we're talking about like this snowball shit and I'm going to get into how your mentality dictates your reality in a second because I believed I had this problem and I believe now that my belief is the very thing that caused my pain and it's the very thing that caused my issue and here's why. So, right. So I, I end up getting out of high school, whatever, going into college. And then about a year ago, if you guys follow along with my Instagram, I ended up going to a 14 day intensive biofeedback retraining program at the Mayo Clinic. This is the number one hospital in the world for trying to, for fixing, not trying for fixing this problem. My type three pelvic floor dysnergia. I thought this was the end all. 
I thought this was going to completely fix my issue, which it did in the end, but it wasn't the training that did it. So I go through this training. It was absolute fucking tyranny. It was horrible. I, I went through this training by myself. I went there alone and it was 14 weeks of absolute torture. It was fucking hell. You can imagine being a man, the type of things I had to go through when I was at this train, when I was trying to retrain my pelvic floor muscles. The only way to retrain these muscles is from the inside, right guys? So you can imagine what the fuck was going on, what we had to do there. It was crazy. And we did what we had to do. And here's the, you know, long story short, I could get into more detail. I'm not going to long story short. It didn't change a fucking thing. I thought it was getting a little bit better while I was there. Then when I got home, the pain persisted and it just got worse and worse. And it was like, it didn't solve a fucking thing. It didn't change anything about my pain. I still had the pain all day long. And now I'm just like derailed, demotivated. And now I have this problem, chronic pain all day long, whatever. So then my dad sends me a book, right? It's called the mind body prescription. I didn't read it, but the summary of the book basically says, you know, how you think and identify with a problem will dictate how you experience and feel the problem. So, and I always believe in this. I've always believed in this stuff, right? Because I'm the optimistic hippy dippy doo woo, like Pinterest girl, whatever the fuck. I'm always positively affirming things to myself. I'm always trying to fortify my mindset and get my mind right first because I believe that's the first step. I do believe the subconscious is the strongest force and I do believe the strongest force in human psychology is the need to live in parallel with the way you see yourself. So again, I saw myself as someone who had this chronic problem, who experienced this chronic pain. And so after extensive conversations with my dad, he's a gastroenterologist, by the way, this is a very ironic thing and something that I forgot to mention. My dad is a gastroenterologist, very successful. He's like a 25 year medical gastroenterologist who's been working on this shit for years. So it's kind of ironic, right? I had this gastrointestinal problem, this chronic issue. And so he was my go-to guy for all this stuff. I was talking to him about all this stuff and it's just treatments and, and drugs and pills were not the answer. They were not fixing it. So I switched it over and I started training on my mind. I started working on my mind. I began to disassociate myself with the problem. I stopped identifying. I told my dad, I was like, I completely disagree with this issue. I completely disagree with this diagnosis. I do not believe I have this problem any longer. And I started training my mind every single day and Every single day, it would get a little bit and a little bit better when I would disassociate myself with this problem and I would just completely stop believing it, right? And so my dad sent me this book, The Mind Body Prescription. I forget who it's written by, but it's right up there. If you guys can see that stack of books over there for the people watching the live stream, that's where it is. And then for the people watching the replay, those it's over there. So I read this summary and I was like, so I started training on my mind. I started working on my mindset and disassociating with the problem. And then on top of that, I decided you know, if, if the chronic pelvic pain is due to nerve issues, then maybe a trigger point injection might help. So I went and I got a trigger point injection and, um, this is the newest treatment that I've gotten, right? The newest treatment is that trigger point injection. I got it about two months ago. So I got it in that, um, left quadrant of the pelvis and I did feel a little bit of numbness on the surface, but it wasn't deep enough to really get to the root cause of where I'm really feeling the pain, where I'm really feeling this issue. So I started working on my mind, right? I've been working on my mind for like the last six months, really trying to disassociate myself from the problem. And long story short, short you guys probably see where this is going. Um, I had a follow-up visit with the doctor that um, gave me the trigger point last week. And I told her, I was like, yo, 
Um, basically, I, I stopped disassociating myself or I stopped associating myself with the problem. I stopped um, doing all, all treatments. I stopped treating it completely. The only treatment I was doing was my mindset, fixing my diet, again, fixing the base level issues, my diet, my water intake, getting my sleep right, making sure all the base level needs of digestion were met. And then I started disassociating myself with the problem. And basically, miraculously, 16 to 20 years of chronic pelvic pain completely went away. And at this point, I have no more chronic pelvic pain, and which is miraculous. I'm kind of underselling it, right? This is, this is insane. I lived my whole life with this chronic pain that, again, on the pain scale of 1 to 10 was like 6 to 7 fucking units of pain, however you can measure that. It was crazy amounts of pain that I felt throughout the day. But there was nothing structurally wrong with me. No medicine could fix it. No structural reprogram training could fix it. They did colonoscopies, right? Extensive studies of me that um, involved a lot of things. There was no structural damage. Nothing was wrong physically. So everything, basically the cause of my pain was my mind. It was my subconscious at the end of the day that caused physical pain. It caused physical symptoms that I experienced and I processed as real pain as actual pain and so again I told my sister this story and I was like I got rid of my pain let me go back a little before I tell you about how I told my sister the story I told the doctor this story I was like yeah I basically just stopped associating with it I stopped doing all my medicine I stopped doing all my stretches all my trainings I stopped doing all that and I just I just trained my mind to believe that I had no problem and I was completely normal there was nothing wrong with me and she said yeah, you know what? That's actually what helps most of our patients. We have a therapist in-house that we kind of send our patients kind of like you who can't fix it with these um, traditional treatments, traditional medicine and traditional um, you know, reprogramming and biofeedback retraining. For those kinds of people, we send them to like more or less a therapist, like a, a, not, a, not a licensed therapist, but a, a medical therapist, right? Whatever you want to call them. And so this is what, this is a real science. And I was like, no shit, this is a real fucking science. And they're like, yeah, the, the doctor was like, yeah, we study this stuff. It's, it's really nuanced. It's really kind of un, unknown. We don't know a whole lot about it, but we do know that for patients that have these kind of physical symptoms, um, and none of the medical treatments that we offer work, we send them to this licensed kind of medical therapist and they kind of work it out with them and they start doing the things that you were saying, like disassociating with the problem, not identifying with being different, not identifying with having an issue. And it helps a lot of people. And I was like, no fucking way. Because again, this is again, two weeks back, I was saying all this stuff to my sister about her sleep apnea problem. I was like, yo, it sounds like you got a problem similar to me. You've been experiencing these symptoms. You've been through the medical process. You've tried all these medicines. You've tried all these trainings and nothing will work for you at the end of the day. So I was just like, yo, be honest with me. So this leads me into to how I kind of think about her problem now at this point and how I think about a lot of people's issues at this point when at least issues that medicine can't seem to solve issues that they've been through the medical field, they've tried medicines and they've tried retrainings and all this stuff and none of it works. I asked her, I was like, do you believe that, you know, you can get a good night's sleep? And she was like, yeah, she's like, yeah, I believe I can get a good night's sleep. And I was like, this isn't for me. This is for you. Do you really believe that you could shut your eyes right now and get a deep REM sleep, get a good night's sleep? And again, she was like, yeah, you know, I, th I think, you know, I think so, but 
but um you know yeah i think so and i was like i was like do you really believe that because i know you have a problem with lying a lot you lie a lot to yourself and you lie a lot to the people around you so do you really believe i'm going to ask you again if you can get a good night sleep and she said well, honestly, really, no, I can't get a good night's sleep because, you know, I've been through all these trainings and I've tried all these things and I have this problem. I can't get a good night's sleep like I literally can't. And then I was like, there it is. She blew up on me. She exploded. She's like, I can't get a good night's sleep. I can't get a good night's sleep. I've been through all this training. I have sleep apnea. I have this. I have that. And then I was like, she she starts going in, down this rabbit hole like she's got sleep apnea, this, that. And, and then she told me how she got it from China and how she got it from this and how she told the doctor her theory once and her, her, the doctor basically told her that that theory makes no sense and that it's blasphemy. She's got all these theories and reasons why she has this issue. And I was like, that's gotta be it. That's gotta be it. You know, it's like, it's just, I believe her problem comes down to the subconscious. I believe her problem comes down to the belief in herself. And she wholeheartedly believes she has this issue. She wholeheartedly believes she can't sleep. She wholeheartedly believes that her throat closes up during the night and she wakes up, can't get REM sleep over and over and over again. And I believe that's really the root cause of her problem. Because if I was able to eliminate 20 years of chronic pelvic pain, then she can certainly eliminate a sleeping problem especially with like all the sedatives and stuff we have i mean come on getting a rem sleep is so easy just take some melatonin you just need to it's just the belief i used to believe that i had fucking um what's it called insomnia too and i couldn't sleep for like two weeks because i believed i had insomnia but then i was like yo i don't have fucking insomnia like that that doesn't even make sense what even is insomnia we can't even quantify these things at this point i don't have fucking insomnia and my sleep problems went away completely went away so it comes down to a matter of belief guys at the end of the day if i can fix 20 years of chronic pelvic pain by a mindset shift i literally experienced this shit real time and now i am free of my chronic pelvic pain chains i'm free of again guys if i can fix 20 years of chronic pain literal real life physical you know physical pain that i perceived as real physical chronic pain then she can certainly get a good night's sleep and that's what i tried to tell her but again she just didn't believe me and i think at the end of the day if she's going to continue to believe that if she's going to continue to think that she can't get a good night's sleep or that she can't get rem sleep then at the end of the day your mentality dictates your reality and that's kind of how she's going to be living for the rest of your life and i think you guys can apply this to many areas of your life you know i don't want to be that guy again but i think things like anxiety things like depression are incredibly overhyped if i can get rid of chronic physical pain by disassociating and disidentifying with it then people who have things like depression and anxiety can definitely get over it especially when so many people are identifying with these issues and realistically at the end of the day they have no scientific basis it's just because they have been told by a doctor not even a doctor they've been told by a psychiatrist someone who asks them random questions and then gives them a diagnosis and a prescription at the end of the day i do not think that is realistic and there's also a recent study a recent meta-analysis that proves that depression is not linked to serotonin levels in the brain i think these problems are incredibly complicated these problems are out of the scope of our human understanding at this point so trying to identify with these issues at the end of the day i do not think will serve you in any manner of your life people with obesity they think oh it's genetic people with again um you know, back pain or knee pain, like my mom, she's like, Oh, it's just genetic. Like I have this pain for life. No, you don't. I had chronic pelvic pain. I got rid of it. 
It's just about your mentality dictating your reality at the end of the day. So I don't like to adopt any mindsets that don't serve me. So if you're going to give me a mindset that doesn't serve me, like you have a you know, imbalance of chemicals in your brain. So this is why you can't get this done. Or you have ADHD. So this is why you can't focus or you have ADD. And this is why you can't, you know, focus on things for a long spur period of time. And it's like, you know, none of those things serve me. And I guarantee you, if you took someone with ADHD and trained them how to focus, they would be able to focus. Or if you took someone with ADD and taught them how to stop tapping their finger, that they would be able to stop tapping their finger. Because at the end of the day, our bodies are adaptation machines. They will adapt to any kind of stimulus they're put under. And I believe ADHD, depression, anxiety, all kinds of these mental disorders are just that they're just adaptations to our stimulus. Our environment is crazy. Nowadays, we got all kinds of social media. Most people wake up and they just jump right on their phones. Most people are devoured by TV shows. Most people just watch Netflix. They just watch TikTok. They just scroll on Instagram all day and watch YouTube. And so these ADHD and ADD kind of diagnoses are being kind of produced by all this overstimulus. And it's like, of course, like, of course that happens, but it doesn't mean you have it for life. It doesn't mean you can't fix it by a rewiring of your brain. And it certainly doesn't mean that you have to live with it forever. And that's the end of my chronic pelvic pain story, guys. And that's why your mentality dictates your reality. So don't adopt any mindsets. Don't adopt any beliefs that don't serve you at the end of the day. There's no point in adopting these kinds of mindsets because they're just going to harm you. You can always adapt. You can always overcome and you can always beat whatever adversity you are facing. All right, guys, that brings me to the end of today's podcast. If at any point during this podcast, you enjoyed what I had to say, or you thought what I had to say was valuable, then please screenshot my face. Share it to your Instagram stories, tag me at underscore Garrett Wolf, and I will reshare it to my story and send you a free gift. Other than that, guys, it has been your boy Garrett Wolf, and I will see you all in the next podcast episode. Peace, peace. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Hopefully you got some value. If you did get value and you want to learn a little bit more about how you can go from saggy flabs to six pack abs, just head over to my Instagram at underscore Garrett Wolf, DM me the word six pack, and I'll reach out to you and see if I can help. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in today, and I will see you all in the next podcast episode. Peace, peace.